Hey, what's up, everybody? Today we're going to talk about random topics, you know, about the Algermain-Sterling title match. We're going to talk about the rising, super rising that just passed, all kinds of stuff. So tune in, check it out. Right on. ここまでの What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Yamato Domashi podcast. My name is James, of course, joined by Ensign in a way. Ensign, how are you doing today, man? Good. Always doing good. Feeling really good. Um, loving the morning cold plunge every morning. Loving the workouts. Doing good. Let, let's touch on the cold plunge first, because I, I kind of said this to you in a comment on Instagram about how when I was in Portugal recently, I went in the, the sea and it was super cold, the ocean. It was about 12 degrees. And I came, and I, I came out thinking, fuck, that's really cold. And then I was seeing you do like four degrees <laughs> and forcing yourself in there for like two, three minutes. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the, yeah. Coldest, uh, the cold punch has been was uh, a couple of days ago. It was 4.1. Wow. Yeah, it's... Uh, of course, it's no matter whether it's 12 degrees or four degrees, it's shitty getting in. But, you know, once you get in and you, you go through the one and a half, 90 second mark, it starts actually feeling good. Yeah, I, I kind of, I imagined in my head, the reason you kind of liked it is because it's all about that mental test, right? In terms of like pushing yeah, yourself, yeah. break the barrier. And I figured if anyone's an expert at that, then <laughs> it's right up your street, right? So. Something about something about making yourself do something that's really uncomfortable and something you don't want to do, mm-hmm. but making yourself do it is uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's like a little challenge, and it's like a little, almost like a conquering a little obstacle every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. So um, we're gonna just blast through a couple a couple of topics. Um, some MMA, some others. One thing I did want to touch on first um, was what was going on in Maui right now, because, you know, I only see so much in the news being here over in the UK. But I imagine for you, it's so close to home, right? That I just kind of wanted to get your your thoughts and impressions on what's going on out there. Yeah, it's I mean, for one, it's uh, super unfortunate that what's happened. I mean, I've been through that town, Lahaina town. It's an old school, um, real historic town of Maui and to think that it's gone is just unfathomable right now. And, and the, the crazy thing is, you know, here you're hearing all these reports on uh, one, one, the reports you're hearing about is, you know, there's this uh, group called FEMA that you've got to be a, I don't know, something about you have to become a member to get food from them or something. I don't know. It's like something really weird. And, uh, they, they've locked down where people can't get in and out, even people wanting to bring supplies. Some people can't even get to their homes to assess their damage or check stuff. I mean, some of the things you hear is like, um, I understand that it's probably chaotic right now. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, the, the organizers with the food and everything, there's probably a lot of shit they got to go through. But 
wow, it's just blocking the people from going back to their homes and blocking people with supplies. Um, I, I just have a hard time, you know, juggling the fact what's more important, you know, organization or, you know, the fact that people really need supplies and, and water and, you know, the basic necessities. Yeah, it just looks awful. I think that I read the death toll was nearly up to 99 people or something, which is... Yeah, I, I'm thinking it's going to get into the thousands for sure because wow, yeah. there's so many people missing right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the ways that people can help? Because I know sometimes with these crises, it's always hard to navigate where the best place if people want to make donations. Is there any ones that you personally would recommend? Yeah, um, well... The, the thing with the donations is there's a lot of places that are fake donation donation places trying to scam people. And what I do is I, I trust uh, Eliminate McFarlane. So she, on her Instagram, she's posting a lot on where they can donate. She has a foundation also that you can donate to. If you, if you go onto her um, Instagram or Facebook, I, I don't know if she has Facebook, her Instagram you can find out where to um, actually donate or, or, you know, give some help somehow. Yeah, I'll see if I can find the link and put it in the description. Just if anyone uh, doesn't want to give and help out in a really, really unfortunate situation. But unbelievable. Yeah. Did you hear the newest news is that, um, you know, how people's houses burnt down. So they only have the land left. Yeah. Wow. There's actually um, investors and realtors actually calling the families, offering them to buy their land. Wow. Isn't okay. that unreal? People are just taking advantage of these situations. They're not even letting them grieve. They're trying to, you know, they don't have a house. They, you know, they don't have any money to rebuild. So they're trying to take advantage of that and trying to get their land. It's like, fucking stop it, man. You give these people space, man. You imagine picking up the phone to that. You've just lost your house and that you get a phone call. Someone saying someone wants to buy. Yeah. Kill yeah. You, 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 you want to. You want to buy your land we're offering you money to sell your land like fucking mm. hey man i imagine when you're there next week right there'll be a lot of you know you'll probably hear and see much more right yeah I, well maui's a different island so mm. i don't know how much information i'll actually get but mm. you know i think the hawaii news would be more something that i would be watching a lot of um bj penn seems like he's really involved in it helping out so i might actually touch bases with him and find out what he hear, heard and what he knows. And I saw you post what um, Dana White said about Hawaii and, and the efforts of Yeah, he's donating, he's donating $1 million, man. Oh. That's really cool. Yeah, it is, man. Yeah, people give Dana so much shit, but something like that is pretty nice. Like, <laughs> you, like yeah, yeah. People need to give he actually, credit. Uh, I think he did an Instagram post. He gave a thumbs up, yeah. Oh, did he? Nice, good. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he knows his Hawaiian legends. So, um, <laughs> cool. So, you know, there's a number of different things to kind of touch on. Um, I don't even know where to start, but uh, I want to go back to some recent announcements, some MMA announcements. Um, mm. Let's let's go with first Yoshi's next fight because that obviously got announced, right? Yoshi is going to be fighting. Todd Duffy. Uh, is there anything you can tell fans yeah. about the fight? Uh... Well, Todd Duffy, um, 
I, when as soon as I heard the name, I already knew who it was. I don't re- remember his fights, but I the name was enough to know that oh, that's somebody prominent. And yeah, he's a very athletic, explosive person, very strong fighter. And I believe, for me, I believe it was going to be um, Sioshi's biggest test. Really? Wow. So yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, Duffy's a tough guy. He comes in to scrap. And if you watch his fight with, uh, he fought, who did he fight against? The one he fought, uh, Frank Muir. I mean, he's willing to stand in the pocket and throw down, you know? So it'll be a good test. It'll be a good uh, win or lose. It'll be a great experience for Siyoshi. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling confident in Siyoshi. I mean, maybe it's just seeing him train in Thailand and seeing that up close in person, but he's a freak athlete sometimes i think and uh when you we worked with him today we went and trained today and he's looking super good yeah i i just always think it comes back to he's got the athleticism athleticism when you put in your work in especially in like the mental game keeping his keeping him confident in the fight keeping him together keeping him composed i think it's a winning combination and uh, i'm excited to see because it's been a while since he's last fought as well. So I'm looking forward to see the improvements in his game and what, what he's going to bring. Yeah. He's <clears> just <throat> getting in better shape. It's amazing his body changes. Yeah. Yeah. If you have, if anyone's never looked at his Instagram, he does all this athletic stuff. Where does he do that in Japan? Um, there's a training center that he goes to. And the last one he just posted on Instagram, man, you see how agile that guy is? Yeah. It's crazy. That's, that's not a... That doesn't look like a heavyweight running around like that. The other thing that Ryzen announced was uh, Ryzen going to Azerbaijan. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? What happened to Hawaii? Let's <laughs> come to Hawaii. What the fuck? You know, uh, Hawaii <laughs> sounds like it's next year. Next year. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, with Azerbaijan, I really, really, really want to go to that show. Um Unfortunately, they booked it on the wife's birthday weekend. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, I was gonna say if you if you go, I can probably message them see if they can get you tickets. Ah, uh, <laughs> wife, you take her to somewhere. You take her somewhere for her birthday. <laughs> I'm working on it, but I don't know. For her, Azerbaijan's not exactly on her bucket list. So, <laughs> but we'll try. Well. we'll try. Well, happy, happy spouse, you know, happy house, you know. So exactly. Maybe she make you happy. She'll have a- <laughs> I've been watching Saki, Saki Kabara's Instagram, and now he's become like this influencer, right, where he's posting all sorts of stuff. And he, I saw him like going down a slide in the shopping mall, stuff like that. So I uh, maybe I'll convince her with some of his posts. Stuff, yeah? He's always eating, right? <laughs> yeah. It's funny, man. He's, he's, he's suddenly like flipped the switch and he's he's a non-stop poster posting all the time <laughs> hilarious uh but yeah no i'm excited to see what they do with that card um did you have any thoughts on that that last rising card i mean the big one for me was chihiro suzuki um knocking out pitbull yeah. fucking yeah insane, that was right? I, I thought he did exactly what he should have done no, yeah. nothing to lose just go for it yeah balls to the wall right I, I did kind of feel sorry for Pitbull because he was actually there to corner. Mm. And, you know, I guess uh, somehow he was talked into taking that fight. Of course, Chihiro, you know, he he didn't do well in the, the rising before, so he was probably approached to Pitbull as an easy fight. 
So I, I really hope Pitbull got paid well for that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was definitely kind of last minute, sort of five days notice, I think, right? Um, but yeah, there's been tons of other stuff going on. We we saw Justin Gaethje become the BMF champion. How how did you like that knockout? Who did that? Lot? I didn't realize that. That whoa, yeah, that. I I I love um, both of them are warriors, but I like Gaethje's humbleness. I like his the style. I like how he, you know, he's straight real. He's a real real person. Doesn't uh, get uh, overwhelmed with the fame and the the you know the the status that he has. So I, I love his style of fighting. I love who he is. And I was super stoked that, you know, Gaethje actually pulled it off, you know, so not the, not the UFC champion yet, but there's a title, the title that a lot of people want to try and grab the BMF. Yeah. So lightweight continues to get exciting. We've got the rematch of Oliveira versus Makachev. Everyone's favorite Conor McGregor gave a bit of a timeline. I don't know if you saw that. He said, Michael Chandler, I think December, then he wants Gaethje, and then he wants the champ, I think. so. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, December, yeah. D- didn't he Didn't he miss the, the you, you, um, USADA pool, the timing to be actually be fighting this year? I believe so. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess he knows something we don't know about getting an exemption. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Conor McGregor gets an exemption, knowing how, you know, this business is and how Brock Lesnar gets an exemption. You know, a lot of people with the clout and the and the, the 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 clout to sell tickets and sell pay-per-view somehow get exemptions. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to probably get one. This time it's so public, though. The, the Brock Lesnar thing kind of went, like, under the, the rug, didn't it, until it came out after. Yeah, it did. Whereas this time That's it's like true. what everyone's talking about. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll see we'll see what happens with him and when his next fight could be. Um speaking of controversial characters, we also had Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul. I don't know. Did you see that that boxing match? Yes, I did, man. And whew. Um my my take on that is uh, Jake Paul's getting good. Like a boxer. Yeah, he's training hard. You got to give props to him. He's training hard. Yeah. And Nate Diaz, I mean, Nate, I, wow, I don't know. I, I just, his, uh, his, his quantity, yeah, his quantity of punches that he was actually banking on. And I guess he was also, I think he was also banking on Jake getting tired, but Jake was doing pretty good, stayed in there. It was, it was actually exciting. I mean, the knockdown that Jake got was a nice punch to the temple was really unfortunate because up until then it was really up and up, you know, and if there wasn't for that knockdown, it would be an interesting decision. Mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, I think it was Gilbert Melendez, Nate's training partner, summed it up best mm. where he said that if it goes to the decision, Jake Paul wins, but if it goes to the death, Nate Diaz wins. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> like if they just Diaz- get fighting and fighting, then. <laughs> Yeah, Nate Diaz is a tough SOB, man. He after getting knocked down, he still started stalking him, started coming in. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that was a good fight. I wonder what he does next, whether they do this MMA fight in PFL or whether they I don't know, whether they Nate goes back to the UFC or ten million dollars. Nate, go fight him in MMA, beat him for ten million dollars, man. I love the 
Nate went and guillotined them. <laughs> yeah. Had that get that photograph moment. <laughs> yeah, that was too funny. You think how hard that is with boxing gloves as well, right? Like, <laughs> well, um, when you're not expecting it, you know, I, I mean, you know, people are going to say, like, oh, how easy he got it in, but you're not supposed to do that in boxing. Of course, you're going to get it in pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the PFL note, one thing I've been dying to ask you about, and it's kind of old news, but still hasn't technically happened. This rumors of PFL buying Bellator. Like, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on this. Well, I, I don't know what I have heard. I didn't, haven't heard anything about it, but apparently the Coker's even talking about it. So it apparently it's legit. And my thoughts on it is the only concern I have is, is this uh, collaboration with Rising and Bellator still continue because I love the collaboration with that. And I don't want to see that dissolve. Yeah, because they've got Bellator 300 coming up. But I don't know whether they've got anything else coming up after. So I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I hope not. I hope it doesn't affect it. Yeah, I, I kind of, I don't really like the rule set in PFL, like the whole no elbows, and it's just a bit. Sometimes oh, is that right? I didn't know. I didn't know that no elbows in PFL. Yeah, it's a bit restrictive, right? So it's kind of, I don't know. I wonder what's that. What's going to change if they're, they're going to change the keep the same rule set or change it for Bellator rule set? Yeah, I don't know. But no, I just I was went hoping to know. it got rising rule set, but it looks like it might go the opposite way, huh? I think so. I think if, if PFL make the purchase, it's gonna be something different. But I don't I don't know, there's lots of rumors. It's sorry, it's well, it's it's Todd Atkins one, right? He's been like he's the one that's like dying on this sword about it. And I've seen him battling against all the other MMA journalists. So he's either gonna take a big W or a big L, but Let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think about Sean Strickland getting the next title fight over Derek Dupreece after that big hype of that fight and then DDP saying he's injured? Well, I would rather have had Dupreece get the chance because he looked really good. But if he's injured and he doesn't want to fight, I mean, I love Strickland. I, I just love how real he is and how he says stuff that everybody wants to say but won't say it too afraid to say it and i don't know he's just such a scrapper he's he's such he got good stamina he's he has good work uh, quantity so i mean i'm kind of i kind of want to see that i mean i think izzy's just too good but you never know man strickland comes in real real strange ways and he he I mean, hope i wonder if his shit talk will get izzy too excited or angry you know i mean Sean Strickland fighting someone, especially something that big for the title, is always interesting because you don't know what to expect, and you're not going to know what he's going to say or what he's going to call what what way he's going to come at him. You know, so it's kind of it's kind of like I kind of looking forward to you know fight week coming in where they get more interviews and we get to see what he says. The press conferences like that. Some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth, though, I see him say stuff like, "I don't know, like how much is in serious and how much in jest." I kind of always take it with like a pinch of salt, right? Because some of the stuff you he know, says, like, know, oh, "Women shouldn't vote." <laughs> he's not trying to make a play a character. He's just being him. Yeah, he's that. He's I met that him at the. Oh, okay. The first time I met him in, in Couture's, mm -hmm. I didn't really know who he was. 
And he just started talking. And when he was talking, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I yeah. actually went and asked him his name. So what is your name? He says, Sean Strickland. I said, oh, I'm going to remember that name. I gotta fo- I'm going to follow you, man, because you're funny, man. He's super funny. That's funny. I didn't ask you, like, what were you talking about as well? <laughs> What's that? What was he saying? Do you remember? No, I don't remember, but it was something crazy. That's funny. And that's when the cameras aren't on as well, right? So it's yeah, no cameras on. So there was no yeah. media, no nothing like that. But he was still just saying some shit that was so like, oh my god, I can't believe he's saying this. Wow. But it was so, real, it was real shit he was saying. <laughs> okay. So he's not a Kobe Covington then sort of thing where you kind of feel like, oh, it's a gimmick. It's kind of this is just who he oh, is. No, he's he's just- uh, you know, he's not like um, Kobe Covington where he's trying to play the villain or trying to act mm. like a dick. Michelle Sonnen where he tries to, you know, be a, be something for the public. But this, this yep. guy's real. This that What you see is what you actually get. Fair enough. Cool. Um, well, we, this is a mental one, right? And I think when people first heard this, no one thought it was true. But what are you thinking about this whole Mark Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk situation? Um, I, I do want to watch it, but I don't like I don't want to see it in the UFC. Oh, okay. I didn't like it even when uh what's that guy's name that fought in the UFC? Um the pro wrestler, uh CM Punk. CM Punk. Yeah, even him, uh, you know, I mean you got these fighters that's been training their whole lives trying to get into UFC. And you got guys like CM Punk that got his name from pro wrestling coming in. And just getting a UFC shot. Well, make him earn it. Make him fight the the smaller associations and get a good record and then work his way in like everyone else does. You know, Elon Musk and uh, um, Zuckerberg. I mean, I'm glad they're serious about fighting, but I mean, do it in another promotion. UFC is for the real fighters. And I think to be in the UFC, to be a UFC fighter is a prestigious thing. And these guys that are just multimillionaires that you know just have the clout, they're going to be able to say in the same breath that they there there was a UFC fighter, which is not fair for all the fighters that really train and, and make sacrifices to actually become a UFC fighter. I, I I do want to watch it, but I don't think I don't like to see it in the UFC. Well, it's kind of changed a little bit, right? Because originally Dana was talking about it and talking about promoting it. And one of the things that I like was he was saying, if it happens, we'll have like a really great undercard to showcase because so many people that aren't MMA fans will come and watch it and then they'll maybe see these guys fight and become fans. So I thought that was cool. But I totally get your point about, you know, it feels weird to see these guys in the UFC and it takes away from what the fighters have to go through, right, to get to that place. That's the only thing I just feel this, you know, I mean, I think... Dana has pushed the fact that, you know, real fighters are in the UFC. You know, you, there's no gimmicks. There's no, there's none of the circus act. And of course, you know, Brock Nasser gets a instant title shot, and you know, you got guys like CM Punk fighting in it. So you know, of course, there's there's a little bit of leniency on that. But both fighters are totally not fighters. Yeah, and are going to be able to fight. You know, it's it's all about you know like. We know we know that now though. It's all about the money. You know how Conor Murger gets to call shots and stuff. It's a lot about who can sell the tickets, who can make the money, which which in a business standpoint, I understand. You know, there there's a there's a fine line you have to draw where 
this is a real fight association. You keep only real fighters, but then it has to be, it's a business and it needs to make money, you know? So, you know, I can, that's my, my, that's my opinion, just watching from the outside, but, you know, being in Dana's shoes where he has to make sure the company is making money and selling tickets and selling pay-per-views, you know, that, that's a whole nother approach and a whole nother view that he's looking at it. Yeah, it would, it would definitely be different for the UFC, right? Because when you think back to even someone like CM Punk, Brock Lesnar, they're still coming from like a, a sports background, I suppose. Like it's pro wrestling, but it's still very physical, right? Oh, true, true, true. Yeah, We're, I don't think we've ever had, we've never had like an actor in the UFC or anything. Like it would be completely different, this one. So well, did, uh, did, did Herschel Walker actually fight in the UFC too, as far as, I mean, of course, she's a sports figure, but. He fought I, in the no, was it Strike Force? Herschel was Strike Force. Um, yeah, okay. But he had a lot of fights, right? Didn't he have at least like a guy, I can't remember what was his record in the end? It was like five and oh or something like that. Well, yeah, I think he did pretty good. I mean, he was a little older. Yeah, I think he, he showed in his movements, but that guy's just yeah. a super athlete. <laughs> he could pull it off at that age. Yeah. He made his MMA debut at 47. Oh no, <laughs> two two and oh. Sorry, my bad. Oh, no, that's what the UFC's website says. But, uh, but yeah, no, I do. Those are some crazy times, right? When Herschel Walker <laughs> making MMA yeah. debut. But then we used to see that as well, like Jose Canseco, the baseball player, right? That was... Uh... Oh, that's right. Yeah, he fought, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's some crazy to see some of these crossovers. Um, what do you make of this whole Wonder Boy situation? Well, I agree with Wonder Boy. I mean, I've never, you know, for me, my whole era was different. I was fighting for life and death, trying to kill or be killed. So, of course, if I'm training to to, to be able to fight to the death to, with somebody that's a professional athlete that's trying to kill me, I would not want to change, you know, your agreement's agreement. You make weight, you don't make weight. I'm not taking a fight. And, you know, I, I don't think it should be a decision of the fighter. I think it should be the promotion's rule that – if you don't make the contract weight, the fight's off, period. It shouldn't be thrown in the fighter's hands. You know, like the UFC does right now is they give a percentage of the fighter, a percentage of the purse of the opponent to the fighter, and he he he, he got to make the decision if he's willing to take the, the fight or not. I, I don't think it should be in the fighter's discretion to take the fight or not. The rules are the rules. If you're contracted to fight at this weight, he misses weight, you don't go to the fighter and say, hey, he missed weight. He broke the contract. Are you still willing to fight him? No, no, no. It's done. You missed the weight. You're done. You, you don't fight. You lose the fight. And, you know, that that's understandable that, you know, Wonder Boy didn't want to take the fight. And as far as the payment, it, it's, it's one of those things that um, I think the contract, if we're going to go on the contract and say that, you know, the guy didn't make weight, you're going on the contract and you're, you're, you're not going to, um, fight because he didn't make the weight. It's the same thing. It's in the contract. If if you don't fight, you don't get paid. So I believe that the the manager should actually have a clause in there that if the fight doesn't continue because of something the opponent did wrong, he should be paid his show money. I don't think it's in the contract, so I don't think um, Wonder Boy really has a say in that. I think I agree that the, you know the UFC. I mean, Dana said it though. Dana said that you know we're gonna have to talk about it because maybe they'll compensate for what he lost, but. He didn't fight. He can't expect to be paid. You know, I mean, regardless of the fight, he turned it away. Um, that's his discretion. The fact that he didn't fight, he the contract says you your show money, you get paid if you show up to fight. 
and you didn't finish the contract where you didn't fight. So, you know, that's, that's, you know, a double-edged sword on the, on the rules is the rules, you know? Yeah. It's tricky. It is really, yeah. I could, I see what, what Wonderboy's justification for not taking it was kind of, he said he'd been in that situation before, right? With Darren Till and then he lost the fight. So yeah. it's hard, but then I see. What you know, mean. That's huge right now for his career. A loss could actually set him back where he probably would be so much further from a title match. And you got to figure too, Darren Till. I remember him not losing to Darren Till. I totally forgot that Darren Till missed weight. So that the opponent missing weight pretty much goes off the radar. Yeah, that's so true, right? You just, I yeah, you just it goes out your head, right? It's it's like a story yeah, for twenty four hours. You don't think of it when you look at the records. So yeah. It's, Exactly. But yeah, it's interesting to see who they put him up against next. Um, but next, there is a really good card this weekend from the UFC, uh, UFC in Boston. Uh, and the main event is Sean O'Malley versus Aljamain Sterling. And I'd Ooh. love to hear a prediction from you if that's possible. I think um, Aljamain has too much of a well rounded game. I think his standing's good, not as good as O'Malley. I think O'Malley just has impeccable timing and distance, plays the distance really well. But I think Aljamain's takedowns are going to probably overwhelm O'Malley. Um, in order for O'Malley to connect with the strikes, he has to close distance. And if Aljamain is such a good wrestler that if he has enough distance, he can take him down. And on the ground, I don't think uh, O'Malley will be able to hang with Aljamain on the ground. So percentage-wise, I, I don't think O'Malley has a chance. And, you know, fight. the thing is, O'Malley hasn't really been tested. He had the Peter Yan fight, but a lot of people thought he didn't win that fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of excited to see. I mean, he beats Al Jermaine, then he's the real deal, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know why, but I'm leaning towards picking O'Malley as well. I'm not Ooh, sure. Good. I We're just... The table. I think the thing that I always have in the back of my head with Al Jermaine, I always have in my head that that knockout loss that he received from Marlon Moraes. And I know it's like sort of five, six years ago, but they, that always plays a part. And I always think Sean O'Malley is so good at finding people's chin. Like even Peter Young, that someone that looked like invincible, he still managed to touch him and even rock him. Um, yeah. So it's hard because uh, the other thing as well, and it's no disrespect to O'Malley's camp, but... Sterling, just like, I mean, he's training at Extreme Couture. He's training with Sarah Longo. He's really, like, training with the best, right? So when you have those, like, world-class camps, it's hard to pick against that. But I'm going to anyway. So, so I'm going to pick O'Malley. I don't think that the Peter Yan fight is a good comparison to gauge on what you think he's going to, like, he touched Peter Yan. But Peter Yan does not threaten him in a takedown at all. Yeah, when you got to worry about a takedown from like someone like Algermain Sterling, your your standing is hard to to be the same. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, and Sterling's so good I, at finding I think, people back. Uh, the chance that um, O'Malley has is he starts connecting in the beginning, and then yeah. what he he has to do is connect enough to make Algermain hesitate the takedown. If he doesn't connect in the beginning and Aljermaine just gets that groove on the takedowns, 
it's going to be a long night for O'Malley, I believe. Yeah. Who's the favorite on the betting? Uh, Sterling. So. Oh, he I, is. Yeah. 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 In fact, I was looking at odds. And if you're looking just at the main events, if you went for um, Sterling and Lemos, Zhang Weili's opponent, who um, they're coming in there was pretty good odds i think if i put 10 pound on i get 100 back so it's like what 10 and 1 but if they both Ooh, win, it? i, I think bad. that's i think that's two good bets too that's, yeah that's that's not a bad underdog bet right <laughs> girl has a, the brazilian lady girl has a good chance to beat yeah. she hits hard apparently yeah? i think she hits yeah. harder than way lee and yeah, you know way has been proven to be susceptible right that's what i was thinking so I may I may place that wager. I don't know. We'll see. Do like fucking hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, the the um the other fight that is quite interesting is um Chris Weidman returns from injury, so he's coming back after that freak leg leg kick accident. Um, and he's fighting Brad Ooh. Tavares, so I'm interested in that fight as well because Brad's that's super a great game, fight right? for Brad, man. I'm 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 a Brad fan all the way, man. Brad Tavares all the way, man. And I think I, when I look at that fight, I think Brad's going to win because he's Brad. <laughs> and that's going to be a huge win for him. That's a big name on his resume, man. I know. I'm, I was super surprised they gave Weidman such a tough fight to come back to. because Yeah, Brad is a kick pushover, man. Brad's going to come out blazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think I heard it. Was it that it had been 13 years Brad had been in the UFC? And, and wow, you just think... I think so. I'd have to like double check it, but I'm pretty sure they said 13 years he's been in the UFC. And you think about how hard it is to maintain, you know, to be in a division and not get cut or, you know, look to retire or anything like that. That is a crazy good stat, if that's true. So, good, man. yeah. To have that sort of tenure in the UFC as well, in the middleweight division, you know, nonetheless, it's a pretty competitive division, but Brad's for yeah. everyone. So. Um, but well, that's Brad's a good. He's a good fighter, man. Mm. But yeah, it's a tough one for Weidman to come back. Come back. Um, I always think it was so like like what? How in the universe does this happen that Chris Weidman fights Anderson Silva? Anderson Silva has that horrible leg break. Then Chris Weidman goes on and fights Uriah Hall, and then has that horrendous leg break. Like, what are the chances of all the MMA fights that it, it happens? That I know, two, yeah, I know. Like, it's so weird. It's like. Some sort of karma or something like, like yeah, what's Weidman yeah. been doing? Like it's that story, a storyline. Yeah, I don't know. It's a hor horrible injury to come back from, but uh, yeah, see, see how he does. So. Um. So yeah. So that's this weekend. I'm running out of topics. Any uh, anything else that springs to mind? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, I think we covered a lot of topics. How was your talk show the other day? You were with, uh, what's his name? Naburu. Asahi. Yeah. It was interesting. It was interesting. We covered the history of how Jiu-Jitsu came to Japan. Wow. And then we talked about, Asahi used to work at my gym, Purebred. And he was one of our top fighters. So we talked about a lot of those little stories on stuff that happened at the gym and Hilarious shit, man. There's a lot of stories that I totally forgot happened. And he brought them up and I was like, that's oh, right. Any that you can share for some of the hardcore JMA fans? 
Uh, one was uh, when he um, when he knocked out one of his old neighbors that pissed him off because he kept. This guy was a little bit um, simple, and he would he would ramble and talk to himself. And one day, when Asahi was in a bad mood, he was walking out of his apartment to the gym, and this guy was behind him, like grumbling about stuff. And he just got sick of it, turned around, punched him in the face, knocked out his teeth. <laughs> We're talking about a lot of those kind of stories. It's so funny. He, <laughs> it's really funny. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got, uh, it's been a while since we've done a podcast, so apologies for everyone that was waiting. Uh, we're going to try and get back track, do some more, get some more content, uh, maybe book in some more guests. Um, I did see someone in the comments, Josh Gage, who watches a lot of our stuff. He said about doing a name association part three, uh, which never done that again. Yeah. Yeah. That could be fun. The last, the first two we did were, <laughs> were a right laugh. So, uh, Maybe it's worth we. He's actually given us a list of names as well, so that could be Ooh, that could awesome. be fun. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I hope everyone enjoys this episode. Like I say, if you do have any sort of comments or suggestions, let us know. But yeah, anything else? That's it. Looking good. Cool. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll speak again soon. Right. Choo choo. And thank you for tuning in. If you have any suggestions on what we can do better or you have any comments on what we talked about, please write in the comments. Also, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. Right? Right, Cowgirl? Right? Yeah. Hurry up and subscribe, everybody. Right on.